Hey there, I'm Meg Dewalabi. And I am Amy Tianyi Zhao. Welcome to The Spark, a podcast that is a continuation of a conversation sparked between us one summer evening in China. We would love for you to join in on the conversation and listen along as we talk about everyday topics, big and small, as two women from two backgrounds, cultures, and countries. Everything starts with a spark. We all have the power to kindle a spark that makes us realize we are more alike than we are different. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Spark Podcast.、Um, thank you for following along our latest episode, Hello 2020. And now we want to talk about something more real. It's、um, not those glamorous 2020 resolutions, but something that has always been very dear to our heart, which is distance. As you can see from the title, The Two Cities,、um, and As we have always been mentioning in the previous episode, we created this podcast while we were apart.、Um, and every time when we recorded, we were actually in two places, no matter if it's in Salt Lake City and New York, or like right now, Salt Lake City and China.、Um, so it's always been a very like long distance procedure, and it's not as easy.、Um, as we go on. Being apart has become a real challenge. Like right now, it's 7:30 a.m. in China, and、um, time difference is definitely one of the biggest challenges. But w- the reason why we are here today and we are staying on top of our publishing games, we think, <laughs> is because both parties have contributed a lot to solving this issue because we are dedicated to what we are doing, and we did everything to make sure that. We want this podcast to happen. That's why we think、uh, we deserve an episode to talk about this issue specifically, because we know a lot of other people are facing the same issue as well. No matter you are working,、um, for example, that you and your significant others are working in two different cities, or your family and you are being apart, we know that it's a common issue that people face nowadays. So. Yeah, so just a little bit about my situation right now, and、um, why why did I name this episode Two Cities? I was born and raised in Beijing.、Um, my family are still residing in Beijing. I went to college in Shanghai, and I finished master degree in New York.、Uh, while I was in Shanghai, I traveled abroad、um, because you know I went to Shanghai again, a weird existence in the best way possible. Um, I always travel back and forth nowadays between New York and Beijing. And before my boyfriend moved to New York, both me and him traveled a lot to see each other.、Um, no matter it was when I was in China or when I was in New York, we always flew to each other to visit. Now our Spark podcast really makes me feel like I'm having a long distance relationship with my co-host Meg. <laughs> so Meg, do you want do you want to、uh, talk a little bit about your situation and how does this topic mean to you? Absolutely. First of all, I just want to say I think we are killing it at the long distance game, you and I together. <laughs> um, um, it really does feel like that, and I love that、yeah. we are talking about、um, this topic because it, because it is something that really is a forward. 
um, factor in mine and both mine and Amy's lives, whether it's together or apart in our own personal lives. And so for me, um, the concept of two cities is an illustration about what my life looks like. I'm not really, um, someone who is completely settled down and, um, I don't think that I will ever be in the sense that Mm. with my fiance and I um, being from one country and then me being from another, we have to um, really think about how we want to split our time in the future with both of our families. My fiance has been in the United States since he was 15 as an exchange student. And um, I have grown up. I was born and raised in Oregon. I actually lived in the same house all my life until I moved away for co- from college, for college, excuse me. And um, I've kind of been just moving around ever since. I actually don't really know what it feels like to be in one place anymore. And I know that in the future, that is only going to become more of the norm, I think. Um, it's a conversation mm-hmm. that I feel like is coming up a lot recently in my relationship when we're talking about where we want to be um, when my fiance is Mm. done with law school, which is why we're here in Salt Lake City right now. Um, Because something that always sits in the back of the, in the back of my mind is if he wants to go back to China um, and spend adequate amount of amounts of time there, who am I, as his partner to say no to that because he has been away from his family, his parents, his grandparents, everyone for so long and walking into this relationship, I knew that. Um, but I think on the flip side of it too, is that walking into his situation as an exchange student and walking into this relationship with me, he also knew that he couldn't just go back and just start his life back over in China Mm -hmm. as if he was never living in another country. And so the fact that we're talking about this right now, like Amy mentioned before is I think it has the power to hit home for a lot of you out there possibly, because maybe you're thinking about this in terms of your relationship or you're thinking about this in terms of your job or you're an exchange student anywhere we are in the world. Um, there's always a trade-off because Amy and mm-hmm. I both know that we could easily be somewhere else doing something else, but because we've chosen to have these lives that do span more globally, um, yeah, it's awesome and everything, but sometimes there are some pitfalls to it as well or some trade-offs. It's not all, it's yeah. not necessarily negative or good or bad. It just is, but so that's something yeah. that, yeah. I I completely, I love the part that you mentioned about, you know, you guys had a serious discussion about where to live in the future because me, myself, am the international student who traveled to another country and decided to spend time in that country yes. more so um, than in my hometown. And I want to share a little bit about my perception of distance and geographical limits and how it changed throughout the years because I think um, when I was younger my parents went for business a lot and new geographical limits can hurt feelings because I was always felt I 
I was left alone at home with the nanny and I was felt lonely. However, I think the difference between, you know, when I was a kid and now was that I have never envisioned being a way to be my own problem one day when I grew up. So, like, because as a child, my entire focus was on myself. So I didn't see how the fact of me being away can affect other people's. You, I can only see like other people being away hurt me, you know. Yeah. So when I was in college, I was right. You never thought about I it. I have that never way. Like, thought I about it like, that way. <laughs> yeah. When, especially when you're younger. Because, yeah, that was. So that was why. When I was in college, I was longing for a distance. I wanted to be away because I wasn't aware of me being away can hurt people. And I ended up going to so many countries and places, which I was so grateful um, until today, every day in my life, actually, because it was an amazing opportunity and I wouldn't be able to you know, afford it if I didn't get into NYU Shanghai. And I wanted to be far away from home as much as possible because I wanted to see the world. But then things happened and making me realize, you know, the freedom I gained from being away sometimes also comes, well, a lot of times, more than often than I I wanted. Um, It always comes with other kind of sacrifice, like, freedoms come with sacrifices always it's almost like a zero-sum game you know yeah absolutely it's interesting that you bring that up because really like in thinking about that I've really never thought about it that way before that you have never experienced what it means to what it what it feels like for other people when you are the one that's away I think that's such an interesting concept and one that you like, that's just very insightful of you. First of all, I think that's incredible to be able to recognize that. And I think that that's going to be like such a light bulb moment for so many people. For me, when I was growing up, um, I remember being really young. Like my dad would travel a ton when I was younger, he traveled all over the world as a mechanical engineer installing, um, machines. Um, and so he would be gone for weeks at a time when I was younger and traveling to all these places. And I had no concept of where he was in the world or like how far away he was. I remember that distinctively. And then one day to help me understand, help my sister and I understand better, he brought us a globe before he left for his next trip. And he showed us on the globe. He said, you're here and I'm going to be all the way over here. I think he was traveling to Italy that time. And, um, and I was, I looked at that and I was like, wait a second, because I, every year growing up, we had traveled to Montana to visit his family. And I thought that was like a whole other world away. I thought, oh my gosh, is Montana a different country? Are we going, you know, it's not that far. Yeah. Um, So I just remember that moment of looking at that globe and realizing just how far away he would truly be. And so then as I got older, I started to like 
look at my dad's traveling and I would think, wow, that is so cool. Cause every time he would come back, he would bring me a gift from that place. And I would always look at the mm. gift and think about like, what would it be like to be there? Like based off of the gift that I received, like I can only imagine like what shelf this was sitting on or where he happened to find that or the people who were around when he grabbed that gift. Like I want to see that place. I want to see the people in that place and I want to know what it's like to live there. You know, what is it like for people Mm -hmm. on the other side of this globe? And, um, so then when I was in high school, I had the opportunity to to travel abroad for the first time. And that was completely eye opening and really gave me the travel bug. Um, and ever since then, I've really wanted to, um, just explore new places and see how, how far and how, how wide and I can travel. But it's so Mm -hmm. interesting that you bring up like what that could mean for other people, because I know, um, my mom never does well when I'm gone. And so, Mm -hmm. and I remember this one time I traveled abroad by myself and my mom, I left and she, the one thing she said to me was, why do you do this to me? And I felt so bad, but, um, yeah, but I think like the yearn for knowledge in my, I would say my younger years, like my late teens, early twenties was really the driving factor between why I wanted to be away. And I think being out in the world has taught me more than I could ever have learned in any classroom, you know? And so I think Mm -hmm. it was, I think it was good for me, um, Mm -hmm. for my perspective and for just my overall knowledge of the world around me. I, I think I'll always have a passion for travel, but I think as I've gotten older, I've realized that being so far away, um, can sometimes be, super, super challenging at different times. And there's this, um, great question that I have to bring up in this conversation. Basically there's this article that I always find myself coming back to by Mark Manson and it's called the most important question of your life. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it really pertains greatly to what we're talking about here. I'm just trying to find the exact quote, but basically it's, um, the question is, what are you willing to give up to get to where, to get to where you want? What are you willing to give up for happiness? You know, he explains in the article, um, if you want to be the CEO yeah, saying you want to be the CEO sounds great and shiny and like fancy, like you're the CEO. But he said on the flip side of that, are you willing to spend long nights in the office, sleepless nights, being away from your family, the stress that comes with being in charge? And I think relating this back to us, you know, we talk about like the trade-off with our lifestyles. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's something that you and I, that it pertains to us. Like we've chosen a lifestyle where we've made the bargain that we are willing to be away from the people we love to spend 
time exploring and then come back. But sometimes that can suck, you know, being away. Yeah. No. And yeah. and from your perspective and from my fiance's perspective, having been away for longer amounts of time from your family and not getting to see them very often is something that is hard for me to imagine, but I know I'll have to at some point in the future, but I'm willing to give yeah. that up for the trade-off to be with my partner and his family too and letting and making sure that he doesn't have to trade off all the time. So, yeah. That is so nice. I mean, I understand um this degree of sacrifice is mandatory to some degrees. Um but yeah, as you said, us being away and us traveling, especially when we were in a younger age, really helped open our eyes. And we were able to see things from different sides. And if I stayed at home and never had this lifestyle, I don't think I will be able to first have met you, second, mm -hmm. to have this much of inspirations to create a platform like this. So these are definitely the trade-offs that can benefit us for, you know, the rest of our lives, even. Exactly. But yeah, so that's why I really I still encourage people. I I still think people, especially when they were younger and in college, they should go explore as much as they can. But you know, but there were, as I said, also there were bad parts. And the worst part is, we thought technology can help us solve a lot of problems. You know, Skype make this podcast happen, basically. <laughs> yes, and, sponsored by Skype. <laughs> Honestly, please do. Unofficially, but, but we would know, hope for it. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Like Skype and Google Doc were the the reasons why this whole thing exists. And my exactly. relationship were for a very long time it was existing on FaceTime. And thanks Steve yes. Jobs, like bless your soul, you know? <laughs> Seriously, and, I know that feeling. Yeah, it's it's just a freaking FaceTime. I was talking to a block of plastic every day and <laughs> as I as I got older and with all the things happening I, I I started to realize that technology cannot solve everything and it can only be part of the solution but it can never be the solution yeah. and I think the, the thing is the fear of missing missing out I know that we talked a lot about you know, people can be scared, but brave simultaneously. But there's one type of fear that has no way of conquering. Like, I still, until today, I don't have a way to conquer it. And in fact, as we get older, it will only make us more scared as we go on. It was the fear of being away and the fear of missing out on big life moments. And yes. I personally experienced it twice and I'm sure you have to and I will just say um my my missing out moment um first so because of the time differences one day I woke up to my other friends posting about my best friend's proposal party oh, so wow. basically my best friend's um fiance now but like it was her boyfriend they've been dating since high school they were high school sweethearts and 
he proposed to her and there was this huge party that my other friends, other best friends planned for her. And I knew it was about to happen around that time, but no one has ever mentioned to me before exactly when it's going to happen. And I know if I, if I go, they wouldn't say, no, you can't come. And they wanted me to join. But what actually hurt me the most is was that they were certain that I couldn't make it. So they didn't even tell bother to tell me because I've never made it. Like they told me before, they told me when there will be like a party, when there will be like a dinner, but I've never made it. But for this thing, like I would, uh, actually I couldn't. Again, see, I couldn't make it because I was in between, like again, visa or contract and stuff like that. Yeah. So I I had restrictions, but I I couldn't make it. But then what actually hurt was they didn't even bother to ask me, and That's that was right. when I knew. Mm-hmm. They just assumed that I just couldn't make it back to China, which again I couldn't. Um, so I don't blame them, but it's really difficult just knowing that I will be just someone. Um, I, I chose to be away from one life circle that I spent around eighteen or nineteen years. Yeah. And one day my existence will no longer be in that circle anymore. And the fact that people are. Of course, people can live on, but it still kind of hurt. Exactly.、Um, yeah, so I don't even know. Like, I mean, they are still my best friends, but are we best friends to the degree that we were? Like when we were in high school, I, I, I've been missing out on so many big moments. I can't even. If I were her, I wouldn't qualify myself as a good friend. You know.、Um, I totally and, feel that. <laughs> yeah, like how could you?、Mm-hmm. And another thing, I mean, I understand. Again, I I took a a lot of responsibility. I was guilty on that one, even though I felt hurt. But it was it, I I I felt guilty. But um, an, another thing was when so I missed out on my grandma's passing. Um, I mentioned that briefly during Tension Challenge. Yes. It was last year, January the tenth. The day that I left was the exact day when she passed away. So my flight was in the afternoon, and she passed away in the morning. So there was、mm. even no coming back because I was flying out for an internship in the World Bank. So I I needed to go. I needed to go, and I couldn't go back. And I didn't make it to her funeral. I wasn't. There in the hospital, and I saw how stressful it was for my mom. Her life wasn't even split up between my mom, like between me and her mom, and it was she. She doesn't deserve it, and I, I don't know. And I just realized that even though being away comes with freedom, again, um, it it came with a lot of fear, and those fear and sacrifice will just keep coming. More and more in the future, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when that happened, and I just couldn't even imagine being in your shoes and like having to leave, even though in your heart, like you wanted to be there, you wanted to stay, you know. And that's、mm-hmm. something that, like, I do think about that often because I feel like, in many senses, you're living what. 
like a version of probably my future looks like, um, down the road. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know it's coming, you know what I mean? And, and I, I can't, I don't know. It's, it is, that's the thing. And I think you're right. Like there are some things like, I think with those kinds of things, when it comes to the fear around them, I think, I mean, my greatest fear is losing anyone I love. And I've, I've lost a lot of people that I love now at this point in my life, but, um, it's really the only thing that you can't do anything about. All you can do is sit there, but what makes it worse is if you don't get the opportunity to have closure and you don't get to be there. Like when everything's happening, you don't get to walk through the grief with your family. And that's something that I've personally experienced. Yeah. And like, I think that's something that is, it's important. And if you don't get the opportunity, you kind of have to get creative with how you deal with it on your own. Like I've experienced that on a smaller scale. Um, when I was in college and someone in my life passed away and I showed up a week later because I had finals, I couldn't, I couldn't come and blow the whole semester. Um, I knew I had to just keep my head down and get through it and then come home a week after everything had happened. But, um, it was difficult because I was clearly, when I got there, I was clearly a week behind everyone else. And so then you feel like people are walking through these motions that you weren't ready for yet. And, um, so I, I think about that. I, I also think way ahead into the future um, with the idea of being away. I think my biggest concern in the future really um, of splitting my time between literally two countries is not me, but rather my Mm -hmm. children, my future children someday. Because I think about what um, my fiance like is up against a lot of the times when – he's missing out on things at home. I, I see it affect him. Um, especially around this time of year around Chinese new year, like that's definitely hard for him. And, um, I also, I'm someone who is very, very close with my family. So the thought of being away, like I can handle it, but the fact that I know that a lot of my family members, my sisters, and especially my parents and even my grandparents have a hard time handling it when I am away, Um, even when I'm just in a different state Mm -hmm. in the same country is something that makes it hard for me. Um, And so I think about a lot about like minimizing the impact for my future children. Um, I don't even know how or if that is possible, but I do know that if they're not splitting their time, of course there's going to be trade-offs, but if they weren't to split their time, then that would be the biggest trade-off of all, I think, to not mm-hmm. experience one culture or the other, to not have that deep connection with one side of the family rather than the other. You know, I want them to have yeah. equal connections with both sides of the family. I want them to have equal connections with the culture in countries that they are inherently a part of. Um, but it is a challenge. And I think there are so many of us that are living our lives, our day-to-day lives, having to think about these things. And sometimes I think 
wow, I, I'll be driving home at night one night and I, I'll see people like getting ready for the next day and the lights are on in their house and everything looks so cozy and they seem so settled. And I always think about, I'm like, will I ever have that? You know, will I ever mm-hmm. have that? Um, but my other question is, do I want that? Because I have been in one place before and, and mm-hmm. steady. And I feel like in some sense I went stir crazy. So I don't know. And the other thing too, it's like personally with my job, I can literally work from anywhere. So that makes me super available. But at the same time, it also kind of paralyzes me in a sense. So there's Mm -hmm. definitely like pros and cons to all of it, but I still feel like I wouldn't choose another version of this life. I would still choose the life that I have now where there's a lot of plane tickets involved and even riding trains and traveling, you know, and splitting time between two different countries. I think it's important, but absolutely. I totally, totally resonate with you when it comes to (laughs) those big moments that you just can't go back to. Yeah, those big moments, it's life gets more expensive, just yeah. realistically speaking. It does. All the travelings and stuff, it and it just mounted up, and it comes to the point sometimes that I'm consuming both my time and my effort, my, my money, and sometimes it's stressful, but again, I wouldn't choose it otherwise, because yeah. the reason why... I am who I am today was because of those moments. And I think life should never be, it's never going to be easy for anyone. It's just we lived it differently. And we were privileged to have those kind of lives. So I think I just want to make sure, yeah, I just want to make sure that we're not complaining of of the one privilege that we have that other people don't. But more so, we're just saying, we're just trying to address that it's a real concern and it has been real and it will be real in the future. And it wasn't, you know, we're not trying to stand on top of them like a more high ground and saying, oh, those those of you who cannot travel. If anything, I'm just saying that travel, um, sometimes I I wish I had... When I was younger, I knew better of how much it could consume both myself and the people who love, who I love. And yeah. um, if I have, if I can be more sympathetic um, about that, maybe I will even make more out of my travel, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, another thing that I was always questioned right now was where do you want to live in the future and <laughs> where is better us or china mm-hmm. honestly those kind of questions those kind of questions makes me feel like make me feel like they are trying to ask me do i like my dad more or do i like my mom more mm. there's no good answer there isn't yeah, like yeah. especially when you travel to more places, and I, I, I don't know where do I want to live. Like, do I have to tell you? Do I have to choose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
<clears throat> even though when I tell you this city today, I can tell you another city tomorrow. It doesn't even matter, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I totally, that's those exact questions. Where do you want to live in the future? And where do you like better, like US or China? Like when it comes to that, like I am dealing, even though I'm American, like I am dealing with those exact questions too. Like that is like every day, like in my relationship, like my family's constantly asking me and yeah, those like, those are very real questions, but I don't have the answer to that. And I don't know if I ever will, to be honest, I am honestly not a five-year plan person, never have been. I'm probably a six-month plan person at the very most, but <laughs> that sounds nuts, but let me break that down for a second. Like for me, everything I've ever done in my life leading up to this point, I have never really planned it ever. And honestly, it has worked out and the things that I have ended up having the wonderful opportunity to do in my life have always come because I didn't plan it. Like I was spontaneous about it. I let it happen as it would be. I just followed the things that I don't, that seemed appealing to me and just kept going from there one step from the next. And I never really like thought about like, Oh, in five years, I'm going to do this. Like, yes, I'm ambitious. Yes, I'm driven, but I'm not like, Oh, like this is, I'm going to have this and this and this in like five years and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not, and anyone who is, I'm not dissing anybody who is a five-year plan person. Cause I think it's wonderful. It really is. If that works for you, that's awesome. But for me, it's never worked that way. And honestly, for me, I see that as putting myself in a box. So when I think mm-hmm. about like, where do I want to live in the future? I mean, my goodness, like we all have those people in our lives too, that if you answer that question with some sort of answer, (laughs) they'll be like, oh, well, like you, and let's say you get five years down the road and you're in a completely different, or you're moving to a different city than you said that you were going to. And they're like, oh, well, like, I thought you liked this place more than this place. Or like, really, it's like, first of all, like we shouldn't put that much value into what other people think or say, but second of all, like I don't want to be limited by, cause you know, sometimes when you do tell somebody something like, Oh, I am going to be living in this city or whatever at this point, then people start talking about it and they're talking with you, but, and then it becomes a thing and it starts to like snowball into something that you feel like yeah. you can't really like move from. But so I just like to keep it wide open, but it is a question that I think is important to outline to our audience that, it is something that both of us face those exact same questions, no matter where each of us are from, um, just because mm-hmm. of the lifestyle that we've chosen and the partners that we've picked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it gets real, especially when we get older, right? Because mm-hmm. we need to think about a lot of live things. Before yeah. we can just say, oh, we, I want to travel to Italy just because I want to and because I can. That's right. But now, but now there are a lot of intentions. Um, there are a lot of reasons. There are a lot of more purpose whenever we plan a travel. And I think, I think it's good. It's more responsible, even though there are more limitations and restrictions. But mm-hmm. I think the trade-off, we will enjoy the travel more and then we will try harder to find the meanings or 
to inspire ourselves throughout the process. Yeah. And I think it's especially remarkable for you because you have, before you met your fiance, I, I've been away from home, not for very long, not like as those kids who went to the States when they were 15 years old. I, I, I started going abroad pretty late, but I spent a great deal of, um, of time in the United States. Um, by that, I mean like three years, almost, not really. Mm-hmm. But um, but for you, before you met your fiance, you're you never thought China would be your second home. No. And what was that like? That was a really almost surreal moment, but surprisingly, it was a really comforting moment in a strange way when I kind of realized that. And I think that moment happened when I first traveled to China. And I walked into um, my fiance's parents' house for the first time and Mm -hmm. just feeling how warm and inviting it it is there and like with them and all of that. It, I think it's, I think what makes it most comfortable as a second home is the love and the people that make it that way there. Um, Mm -hmm. But even today, um, it's something that sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. Like I still, I don't know, like just, just the other morning, I, I really think that, I mean, to reiterate, I really think that people make a place, a home, whether that's in your home country or in a different country. And I'm so fortunate to now be able to call two countries home. Um, but for example, like the other morning, um, my fiance was traveling. He wasn't here. Um, and his parents called me <laughs> and they were both on the phone line <laughs> and we can't really talk to each other very much. So it's incredible how a phone call even works in the first place for us. Um, but we're working on that. <laughs> but <laughs> there had been some sort of, um, shooting near Salt Lake city or something like that. And I had no knowledge of it and I was home, um, on my own. And, um, they called me and they were so panicked. They were, <laughs> they were saying, Megan, where, like, are you okay? Like, where are you? Um, all of this stuff, there was a shooting and like, obviously this is all translated. Cause like, I can understand like what they're saying to me, like they'll, but, um, but we kind of just make do. And then like, I'll, I, I told them, I was like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much. Like, thank you for calling and telling me about that like the idea and in that moment it was it was incredible because the idea of the fact that there are two people who love me just as much as my own parents in a different country and watching out for me from that far away feels like home you know and yeah when I'm when I'm away from China I do miss it I really do I miss like I, I have my, I have a different life there. I'm, I'm feel so fortunate to be able to live two lives, um, because I do have my own life in China and then I have my life here in America. Um, and I love my life there and I love my life here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's incredible. I, I don't think growing up or even in my, even a few years ago, I would have ever thought that I 
would call a whole different country my second home, let alone China, you know? So I feel very fortunate in that regard. Yeah, it's really, I think the definition of home, especially growing up in a country that emphasized the concept of home a lot, it's really evolving, especially as transportation becomes so easy, so cheap, sometimes even, I mean, it's expensive, but it's also relatively cheaper than what it was before with how easy transportation gets. Mm-hmm. Um, being away or leaving becomes easier as well. Um, yeah. So being away becomes a norm rather than a you know a special thing for us and it's like we and that it's just different and then having multiple homes it's really two cities multiple lives honestly like truly should we make that the title (laughs) i think we should (laughs) two cities multiple lives yeah multiple lives yeah it's it's yeah so i i think we don't have an answer yet it's kind of interesting that before we said scared but brave however we can only control that much even though we know that we can try our best to control our feelings but life happens and and we can't be fearless or brave all the time and especially when we were away um so with that being said do you have anything add on to this topic yeah, I would say I one thing we've talked about before is maybe like what are some of the things that we um, want to make sure stays constant in our life despite constantly moving and traveling. And I think I want to ask you this in a second, but I think for me, I think I definitely want to have a place um, in my home country in America that I know I can always come back to when I'm tired from traveling. Like it just can kind of be my, my like sacred space where my books live and like my keepsakes, like my pictures and different things like that. Like that's in a comfortable bed. Cause you need that after you get done traveling. <laughs> um, so I mm-hmm. want something that's constant like that like physically but I think I also um you mentioned how relationships can sometimes fizzle out I really want to find a way to make sure that relationships stay constant and maybe they're moving relationships where like you're making relationships with lots of people but I think that being said I think what you and I have as friends and as co-hosts of this podcast is exactly that like we've found another person in this world that lives the same life that we both do and I think that that's so valuable because to be able to ex- to experience and share these different experiences with someone else either together or separate and be able to come back together and lean on one another for, for for support, I think is so important. And I hope that that's something that stays constant and, you know, and family, of course. Um, and I feel very fortunate um, 
for my job to allow me to do what I love, but still be able to maintain the lifestyle that I maintain. But what about for you? Something that I want constantly in my life. Yeah. Just like despite, despite the moving around and traveling. Mm-hmm. I mean, houses would be nice. It will always be nice no matter where they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's well, but to be more serious, I think I need a stable pieces. I need stable pieces, stable travel pieces. Um, I love bringing certain things with me no matter where I go. Oh, yeah. Despite how long the travel is. And I think it gives me a sense of secure. I feel secure security i feel secure when i have those things with me like my backpack my my computer my journals um two or three journals and my pen selection that i brought i love your pen selection with this yeah Yeah, um (laughs) my phone i know those things sounds ridiculous but at the same time when I'm constantly on the on the on a road, these were the things that gives me the most comfort because phone allow me to talk to the people I love all the time, and computer, creative passion, write something on journal or books. You know, if I can't control life, what happens? What's going to happen in the future? If I cannot control that. I can only try to control as much as I can with the things that I have control on. And these are something that I can control. And, um, yeah, so stable pieces, definitely highly recommended. Um, and people I love, people I love, I make time for them. I think it was another thing. I, I, there were a certain period of my time when I was in Shanghai I split up my life three ways uh before I met you that would be four ways if I met you back then it would be kind of problematic but <laughs> I, I was in Shanghai finishing up my undergrad my boyfriend who I met in Israel he's American but who I met in Israel was in New York and my parents were in Beijing so I literally have to Skype at least two times a day sometimes to yeah. make sure that the entire relations web network is going um and it requires efforts long distance anything jobs or relations maintenance it it requires so much effort and time and sometimes after i got off on my phone i just felt like i'm so tired and i'm done yes but it was so rewarding as well because i feel these were the only people who i need to talk today yes because i feel fulfilled afterwards i don't need to talk to more people i mean i'm a very social person but just from time to time i felt that way i feel i'm comfortable enough by just talking to the people i love so for the people i love i make time for them i will always accommodate their schedule first yeah and i think that's the least i could do if i couldn't be there physically with them i love um Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely easier said than done because 
we all have life and life happens but mm-hmm. since the day that I started dating my boyfriend for three years now there was not a day not a day that we didn't talk to each other yeah. we constantly speak to each other every day no matter where we were for three years straight mm-hmm. and I think that is something and I and I of course he did a lot he he, he sacrificed a lot as well and he probably sacrificed more than I did, but, um, but like the fact that he's in the states right now and it's not going, we are not moving anywhere very soon, um, makes me want to make time for people who are important for me more, because yeah. again, I'm away from home, so I, I want to make sure that my families were taken care of, um, and yeah, so. One last thing that I want to be constant in my life was my two identities. Like I mentioned in the episode about identity, there was a time in my life that I thought I could be Americanized, like quote-unquote Americanized. It's because I think I can just live in the state and I don't need to go back to China anymore because I'm so integrated. Like I am so cool that I'm integrated. But no. (laughs) Um, no, I, I can't. And I am sorry, but I expect anyone that I love and who loves me to accept the, pa- the the fact that from this point on, I will never be able to spend my time in only one country anymore. Yeah, I, I will always be China and America and China and Europe and China and something. But it's a part of me that I started to realize only by going back to China, I can channel that part of me and that's it. So, yeah, yeah. Always be controversial, always be contradicted, but (laughs) very inspiring, (laughs) I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing of all of this is that like, really, like we've made the choices we've made to split our time between these different places because of the it all comes down to because of like our ambition and the things we want in life and the people that we love. But I think that truly like you just outlined it and highlighted it there that I think the hardest part is helping others cope with the fact Mm -hmm. that this is the lifestyle that you've chosen and that now like Mm -hmm. you call two places home. And I think that that's, it's, it's totally natural um, for someone to, someone who loves you to struggle with that, but it's also totally natural for us to want more, you know? And so, um, yeah, I think it's really awesome that we got a chance to talk about this. This is such a valuable conversation for me. Finally. I know. I know. I I feel it's amazing. It's it's great. It's it's such a heavy Yes, it it absolutely is a heavy topic and I mean just wrapping this up it feels like it feels like how that feeling I got like after the first time that we talked, you know, like oh my gosh, like she gets <laughs> it. Like she's being asked the exact same yeah, questions right. as me <laughs> even though we're from like different places entirely in the world and like it's it's pretty amazing when you can sit down with somebody who's literally living a parallel life as like with you like it's it's a parallel to your life but 
they're a completely different person from a completely different place, even, you know, speaks a different language. Yeah. Like, I mean, all that, like, it's incredible to think about. So, and I feel like this conversation highlights that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important for us to put it out there as well. Not only because we feel for ourselves and we feel for each other. Most importantly, I know so many people are experiencing the same thing. Yeah. And it's, and travels seem so glamorous. You go to places, you take pictures and, but I know deep down in their hearts, they have the same struggles. Yeah. We're just here to acknowledge that. Yes, we are. Exactly. And let them know that, like, let all of you know if anyone is is finding that this sort of lifestyle is challenging, but they feel like this is the lifestyle for them. Like, I think the basis of all of it, all of this, like, is to let you know that you're not alone. Like, you, we get it. <laughs> yeah. Or we yeah. hope so. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this was so much fun to talk about this, Amy. Yeah, no, thank you so much for making time talking about this big topic that we have been planning on forever. I know, um, thank you. We will have, I know, <laughs> yeah, later episodes and bigger topics will come up very soon. Yes. Bigger than this, I yes. don't know. Um, yeah. Maybe. Just a hint. But yeah, stay, <laughs> yeah, just a hint and stay tuned and hello 2020. Hello to cities and multiple lives, but we are more ready than ever. Yes. All right. I will see you in the next episode. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with a friend who you think might like it too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast, Facebook at the spark, Twitter at this is the spark. WeChat at the Spark Podcast and YouTube at the Spark Podcast. See you there.